commends Darkerman. Please be careful. There are reports from Earth that your toys are coming alive. But never fear, you have a friend in us as we delve into today's episode of That Song From That Movie. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the latest episode of That Song From That Movie. I'm your intergalactic space ranger host, Dietrich, and I'm joined today by, well, actually, in, in podcast format, you can't quite tell that he's wearing a hat, because you see he is Mrs. Nesbitt, also known as Alex. <laughs> yeah, I, I like it. <laughs> I love it. If and a stranger from the outside. Ooh. We've got Ben. <laughs> I am eternally grateful. <laughs> what an intro. Thank you. I have definitely not been practicing that. <laughs> I am Mrs. Nesbitt. Uh, so today's episode is You've Got a Friend in Me. In all of my notes, I wrote down You've Got a Friend in Me, without the V-E. So uh, if I get it wrong for this podcast, that is... Well, it's my fault, but it's past myself, so don't worry about it. I, I won't. Oh, you better. Uh, so let's get back into the mindset of what it was like back in April of 1996 with the news. We need a jingle, don't we? <laughs> Just get that, shall we? Just get like get one of the, you know, one of those sort of what dial-up term? Live, live, live at five sort of things. See, I thought you were doing like a wartime news piece. Yeah, no Morse code. Yeah, that's uh, what. Yeah, so that's right. what I mean, the live at five. Like like it's like ninety-six is probably when we changed the broadband. Oh, boys on the front line are doing so great out there. <laughs> okay, so the boys in red are giving it to Hitler. <laughs> Give them hell, boys. Yeah, <laughs> look at them go. <laughs> there wasn't, that war was not happening in April 96. What was happening was a Greatest Hits album was at number one in the UK charts for all of April, and that's because music fans worldwide were still reeling from the shocking revelation that Take That was splitting up. This is the first first proper breakup. I assume Robbie had already left at this point. Yeah, I think Robbie had already broken up. This is like the full See You Later, okay. we're doing a song with Lulu on the way out. <laughs> Milking for all it's that's worth by having a Greatest Hits album out within two months of saying, that's it, we're done. Well, at least some some people just do greatest hits albums though, while they're still like maybe like two albums in. I think Rolling Stones have had sort of like an end of, end of um, sort of like end of career tour about six times. <laughs> like to sit and six greatest hits albums to go alongside. Yeah, probably. So from from that we have uh, Japanese retails were angry because the Nintendo sixty four release date had been pushed back at late notice by two months. <laughs> two months. But yeah, by two months because Nintendo was worried they didn't have enough stock. Which actually is ironic, oh, really? like later on they clearly didn't learn the lesson because the no. Nintendo Wii had exactly the same problem. Did they not see the same thing yeah. with Switch as well, wasn't it? I'm Possibly, sure there were stocking yeah. issues, issues with the Switch. It's good marketing though, isn't it? Oh yeah, we, ha- we don't have enough to meet this phenomenal <laughs> demand. <Limited supply. laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But it makes it more valuable, I suppose. But then there's resales, isn't it? Like people buying it for like 200 quid and selling it for 400. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't make them any money. Yeah. <laughs> no. So if you're thinking April 96 seems very early, for the Nintendo 64. That's because it was delayed by an entire year in Europe because of this same problem. Gosh, I don't remember. I, didn't, I never I never had an N64. No, I had a PlayStation 1, which apparently came out in 95. So Nintendo was already two really? years behind PlayStation in Europe. Maybe we God. all just got it way later than when it came out. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> feel right, does it? April, <laughs> April 90, well, March 97 I remember you us. had one, Alex. I remember having a PlayStation 1 before an N64, but we did have both. We had a Pikachu N64. 
had a little flashing cheeks. Yes, I remember. I was extremely jealous every time I went to your house. <laughs> <laughs> Seething on my walk home. <laughs> Damn Pikachu and six foot rubbing it in my face. Just ringing me. You didn't even want me to come round. I was come round, came round for ten minutes. You just pressed, turned it on, saw the cheeks light up and then told me to leave. It's like one of those guys like walking and like showing someone his new car. I mean, look at this. It's got, it's got, it's got the Pikachu <laughs> yeah, yeah, on the front. Yeah. It's pronounced Posha. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> You see, most people are calling it the N64, but I like to call it the Nintendo 64. Full name. Full name. So I'm pretty sure in my final news piece that the delay of the N64 caused this. His Royal Highness, the Duke of York, Prince Andrew, and the Duchess of York, Sarah Ferguson, oh God, began, di- <laughs> <laughs> began divorce proceedings after Topical. a period of separation. And that, of course, was the last time Prince Andrew was ever in the news. <laughs> He wasn't sweating about this one. <laughs> Where did he break up with her? Pizza Express. Oh, very good. Very, very good. <laughs> did they break up with Pizza Express? Oh, Ben, I just said No, that. this was a pre-Pizza <laughs> oh, <you>? Express world. <laughs> Where was it? Yeah, I think that was like 90... No, it was 2001. Maybe it was Pizza Hut. Clearly <laughs> <laughs> not as memorable to him. Yeah, Young love. <laughs> yeah, they could have gone to see Toy Story together. Yeah. He probably did go see Toy Story with After Pizza Hut. Or before. <laughs> At least his uh, date could get in. I look forward to Prince Andrew-related news in future. <laughs> <laughs> that concludes today's broadcast uh, of news, not the podcast. Don't turn it off. <laughs> Please. Uh, right, so the film is Toy Story that we're talking about today. Well, the song is You've Got a Friend in Me. So the film, uh, just a quick overview, but I'm pretty sure that everyone, at least in the Western world, has seen this yes, film. Surely. I think it's part of the sure. school curriculum in the UK. If you're in primary really? school, you watch this. You watch Toy Story. <laughs> Unlike with the TVs on wheels. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> An old VHS. Do they still exist? Uh, I mean, I, I assume it's on a smart projector. No, nope. no, they still they still run out <laughs> with the squeaky still wheels. Wheel yeah. Still wheel it in. Still <laughs> Prince of Egypt. And it's like it's like taped off the TV. It's got adverts. Still <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> sale on a DFS. <laughs> it only just died. There's this newfangled thing. The DFS sale. <laughs> <laughs> we were two years away from SCS joining in. Get down on it. Right. So the I'll give a quick overview of the film. So it's a world where toys are living things, but they pretend not to be when someone isn't looking, or something. Because I suppose they don't react to they don't move when the dog's there. Not at the beginning, no. But I think they do at the end, don't they? Oh, they're riding, don't they? In the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, inconsistency, Pixar. Uh, (laughs) I don't think the dog's going to (laughs) tell (laughs) me. Basically, that's the premise. I suppose the plot is there's a toy cowboy called Woody who feels threatened because there's a new spangled toy in town called Buzz Lightyear. And, yep, nothing to say about the film there. No one. Everyone's, everyone's just nodding. Yep. <laughs> I mean, that is the film. It is the film. That is what happens. I mean, I can't see you, Ben, but I'm assuming you're nodding. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, vigorously. <laughs> no, it's, it, like you say, it is known by all, I think. But you'd be hard-pressed to find someone who's not seen Toy Story. I, I would agree. Yeah, summed up, what, summed up nicely. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, the song was released in April 96, which was a month after it had released nearly every place over there in the US that got it the year before. It sang, okay. by, sang and written by Randy Newman, featuring vocals from Forgotten Man, Lyle Lovett, or Lovett. I wasn't quite sure how it was pronounced. And the backing vocals? I'm assuming so. I think he might also do some like guitar in it as well, but I could barely find anything about him. I, I really tried to do like, a deep dive on this guy. And other than this song, he doesn't seem to have really done much. And like the actual release single version of this song doesn't include him, it's just the film version. And, it, and did you listen to both versions? Did you do your research? No. <laughs> My research was finding this guy and then trying to track him down. 
Right. I mean, it's highly likely that with how Disney are, there could just been a lot of people tinkering and messing around with yeah, the song. Yeah, it'd have been laid. It could have just been laid. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The song is used in the opening credits for... Well, it's in the opening credits for the first three films, at least. I've not seen the fourth one. So. I'm pretty sure that it is. The fourth one doesn't exist to me. <laughs> Ooh. I enjoyed the fourth one. Yeah, that was the thing. It's fine, but the third one ends so amazing. It's... The fourth one. It's a sour aftertaste. Yeah, it felt... It, well, I don't know if it's a sour aftertaste. I think it's just it takes it it's in a, a different direction. It's a midnight snack after the perfect dinner. <laughs> a midnight snack. But what if... It, so, is it a midnight snack of the dinner? So, like, you know, leftovers, like, when you have, when you have turkey <laughs> no, curry. No, 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 no. It's not cold pizza. The perfect meal was just the right amount. It was just the right amount. You know, you had that thing where you felt full, but you didn't feel, like, sick. So, in the night, you just... For some reason, you thought, oh, you know what? I've enjoyed eating so much today. I'll go and have that block of cheese. And you, you enjoyed it for a bit. And then afterwards you realise, God, that was a bad decision. I think I'm blind. <laughs> yes. Toy Story 4 made me blind. <laughs> so, I've not seen Toy Story 4. Could you just watch that after 2 and before 3? Or is there too many references in um, the fourth one towards what happened in the third? I suppose, is it Bonnie's in it? Yes. No, I, yeah, I think... Well, like, that's the main thing that Andy, I guess, has gone. And, it's now, and the owner is now Bonnie. Well, you wouldn't understand who Bonnie was and how he got to her. That's what I mean. It feels like a new thing. Because <laughs> there's a big gap in terms of the chronology of this. Because <laughs> yeah. like Andy in the second one is, what, like 10, 11? And in the third one, he's yeah. like going to college. <laughs> so it's a bit of a gap. Pretty much lining up with us. Yeah. Well, I think that's the, that's a very key thing, I think, for our generation, is that the films kind of matched our sort of milestones, similar to Andy. Yeah, yeah. I think that was what was good about the third one, wasn't it? it I mean, to, to go off topic yes. of the song, and, and the, the first film, the good thing about the third one was they didn't try and set it directly after the first two. It was, it was yes. in yeah. line with how old he would have actually been. I think that was a clever thing to do. Yeah. Yep, yeah, so that's all the background to the song, so I open the floor. <laughs> to <laughs> myself. <laughs> It is, I guess, it is iconic the song, and like I remember, I just when I even when it opens up, I can see that like you know that blue sky of like Andy's, is it like his wallpaper and the writing, the Toy Story coming up, and then the sort of montage of him playing with Woody. It sort of just melds in my mind the two. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think the best thing about the song as well is that it it really fits the themes nicely yes. of of the film because I think like the sort of two themes that I generally take away from Toy Story is obviously one friendship to probably sort of like mortality mortality it's kind of like in line with old style children's stories you know like like classic fables like what's it called red riding little red riding hood and then also like sort of books like charlotte's webs it's more in line with that okay yeah, and yeah. um i think in the song definitely obviously you have the, i mean the song is called you've got a friend it's literally about a friendship but then there's also i think there's a line towards the end of it which is kind of like um as years go by friendship will never die and I think that's kind of like hints directly at this sort of there's a there is an end point to this relationship yeah. between Woody. If if we take it as it's Woody singing the song to Andy, which I think is maybe how I interpret yeah. it to begin with, especially, yeah. then it's kind of like I think there's always that yes. hint throughout the film that that friendship will come to an end, even though he's sort of like clinging on to it a little bit. Yeah, I think you'd be forgiven for thinking like automatically this the song is about Woody and Buzz. Well, well it, it, I was I was thinking that that's that's how it turns out in the end. Yeah. 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 Whereas at the beginning you sort of think it's 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 it's, it's almost from Woody to Andy, like, like a dichotomous relationship, isn't it? Just a one. Yeah, well, yeah. well, at the beginning it's sort of it's very one sided. I think like it's the way the song is sung, it's kind of yes. like it's it's sort of and like dependent ode upon to Andy. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's like that. But by the end, I think you the song becomes more about Woody and Buzz than it is at the beginning. Yeah, 
Uh, so in, in my notes, I've got that Randy Newman claims the song was about cartoon figures having adult emotions. I guess they're not cartoons. That just sounds a very older generation, not not understanding. Is having a friend an an adult thing? No, but I think I think maybe the 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 mortality side of it is. And I think like what I take from it, especially the end of the film, is with Buzz and Woody when they're sort of sat there, like joking, like oh we're we're friends now, and then all of a sudden it's like a puppy at the very end. It's kind of like, oh, that cycle of Andy finding something new to play with and then be discarded is just going to continue forever. And I think that that is quite an adult thing. It's sort of like realising your place. In like a dark, I suppose it's a darker sense, but like there's like a constant fear of abandonment all through the three films. Yeah. Especially from all the toys in general. I mean, from the start of Toy Story, they're constantly like threatening over Christmas and yard sales and things like this. They're constantly living in fear that they're going to be discarded and i guess that is a sort of a quite a dark morality for that some that people do experience over they grow up whether that's with friendships or in relationships but it does seem to be one of those things that almost episodic everything's fine and then something happens and it restarts and it's like it doesn't ever fix it's just something that we learn to accept and deal with a little bit every time yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that sums up really well. And um, I think as well that that sort of link, that fear of abandonment links to why the song at the beginning feels like it's an ode from Woody to Andy because he's mm-hmm. kind of like trying to convince mm-hmm. him, you know, I, I'm always going to be your friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Don't yeah. throw yeah. me away. Yeah. It's yeah. a very Pixar thing to not, in terms of the main plot, it doesn't really have a villain outside of Woody. It, it, the villain is being forgotten about or being left behind. It's, it's a very Pixar thing of there not being a main villain so much as a feeling is the problem. Yeah, or the, or the internal conflict of Woody <laughs> yeah. is what creates the problem, yeah. Woody d- does all these things to Buzz, like, for example, knocks him out the window, but the audience has shown it's an accident. It's not malicious, Yeah. but it just fuels more internal conflict with Woody because he, he worries that everyone else thinks that he's worried when he is, hmm. and he's trying to hide it. Yeah, I think that, I think that's the thing because he he he's always tr- treating it as like a, I guess as a, from a leadership perspective, like oh you guys don't worry that you're not going to be replaced. Never thinking he himself, or rather he might have the doubts, but never thinking his position is ever under threat because of the people who currently exist within his sort of circle. None of them can supersede him, yep. and then something comes along that obviously throws him off, and then his leadership well, it shows that his leadership skills are just completely tested, and he becomes well he overuses that position. Yeah. to try and belittle and demean the newcomer, to try and reset the status quo of what he knows. And in a way, the song almost pokes fun at that idea. Like when it's saying, uh, as the years go by, our friendship will never die, and yet the entire film is Woody worried that the friendship, yeah, the friendship will, die. will die. Yeah, and that's the that's the yeah. undercutting of the song, isn't it? At the begin- if, you, if you view it from the perspective as, as Woody to Andy at the beginning. And I think at the end, though, when you have it and you sort of view it through Woody and Buzz and the rest of the group together when they're all sort of sat there like looking at you like oh there's a dog coming it's kind of like well we may all be abandoned but we'll be abandoned together and I think that that's the yes. sort of movement yeah, yeah, in the yeah, film yeah, yeah. at the beginning it's Woody on his own he's like wants to be the leader he wants to be the main toy and at the end it's sort of a realisation that it's a group which I think is kind of again explored in the second film where Woody kind of wants to go off and be special again and then in the third film where it's sort of all about them being together and like Woody sort of is the leader a bit but it's kind of like with us and they're all a big group and I think that's sort of that's the, that's the progression through the films, isn't it? Absolutely. Is the song played in full in the second and third films? It might be over the credits. I don't know. I think it might fade yes. out. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I think in the third one, he actually makes a joke. I mean, it fades out with them being trapped in the, like a toy box. He's not really their friend anymore because he's, he's grown up. He's an, an adult now. He's going to college. Yeah, I think my memory of the third one is that it doesn't start 
the film it's kind of because the film has that sort of weird like um oh, like western yeah that. and it's like it's not he's oh, not yes, playing yeah, with yeah, them it's okay. kind of like it's, like it's like fully realized and yeah. then i think maybe the song could come after that yeah with the credits yeah i feel there's a, i feel it's like a more like not like a stripped back version because it's not exactly an overloaded song but i feel there is sort of like a more you know removed sort of piano version i feel like i don't know why it's coming to my head i think i was crying so much at the end of toy story 3 that i can't really remember that's fair yeah it's fair well, no, I actually, you know, it was really one of those weird sort of things. I remember, I remember vividly going home, and it, it's always a good sign, I think, of a film if you actually remember what you were doing afterwards. And I remember going home, and it was late, and I had this sort of weird, like, almost just like split second thing of like, I felt bad for not playing with my toys as much, and it was just like a weird, like, you know, like, what you want about Ben? Does have Disney gear? You then want you to buy more toys, which is essentially the, the, the why this film was made, right? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know. So I went out and bought six more woodies, and then sold you a ticket to Toy Story Four. I think I think it is. You could look at this film as quite cynical, couldn't you? And like, it's literally made to sell toys. But I do think there's definitely more to it than that. I mean, the song as well yeah. helps with that, and you know, really explores those themes. And it launched a studio, basically, didn't it? In Pixar, yeah, it essentially saved them. Yeah, yeah, saved them, then launched it. <laughs> yeah, allowed John Lasseter to hug a lot more people. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and I don't know if we should go into that. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, you know, he's a, a, a dirty man. <laughs> yeah, maybe stay stay away from that topic. You don't have a friend in him. Yeah, leave, and leave it at that. <laughs> right, I think I don't think it's controversial to say that the song is a, well, it's a Disney classic, but it's also like a Disney standard. If you think of a Disney song, I don't think many people yes. will get far down a list without mentioning "You've Got a Friend in Me." If there was a. No. A Mount Rushmore of Disney songs. It's up there, isn't it? <laughs> it's on there. It's on the. It's on the mount. <laughs> it's quite different to a lot of. It's quite. It's quite different to a lot of quintessential Disney classics that are usually a lot more sort of the character singing them. Yeah, and then classic musicals that are famous. It's usually like the you know, classic, I guess, sort of the Disney princess singing a song, or you know, or the male hero hero sort of singing the song. It's very rarely. It's just an overlapping song. I'm trying to think of other huge Disney songs that are like that. Where they're not part of the actual film. Yeah, I suppose Lilo and Stitch, maybe. There's a, yeah. there's a few in there. I mean, it is an interesting point, because I think, if I remember rightly, Disney wanted this to be a musical to begin with, I think. Really? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Part part of it was that, because that was like, that's what we know. We know musicals. But I think they were very much against doing that. And part of the way they got around it was by having these sort of... Because like, I think there's actually a couple of songs by Randy Newman in the film. I think this okay. is. I think there's a couple that in there... And that was how they got around doing it. They got him to write these songs that were sort of laced within sort of the theme of the film rather than it just being, we're going to pick a song yes. and put it in the film. It was very much written yeah. alongside. And that's how they got around it. So that kind of makes sense. Why it's had, you know, like why it's so impactful and also why it sort yes. of sits alongside those other Disney songs that are more in the films. Yeah. This song, it was nominated for, for Best Original Song at the Academy Awards and the Golden Globes, but he didn't win. What actually won oh, really? was Close of the Wind from Pocahontas. I mean, also a classic. I mean, <laughs> Was that the same year? It was the same movie release year, I suppose, from Oscars to Oscars. I mean, yeah, I imagine uh, Toy Story took a lot longer to make. <laughs> yeah. Of those two songs, which I've endured, like we've just been saying that princess songs do well, but I don't remember that song. You don't remember Close of the Wind? I don't. I could, I can belt that out in the car. Yeah, I'm thinking it's one of my favorite. It's one of my absolute top favorites. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it is a, a Stone Cold classic. The film is not. The film has not. Yeah, I, I, I think it's one of those examples where the song actually lasted long, like lasts longer in the memory than the film, definitely. But I know what you mean. I think Toy Story, the song from Toy Story, you've got Freddie Me is probably more well known. Colors of Me might be a better song. But I'd say that you've got friend of me isn't Jordan longer. But I don't know if that's because there's been 
theatrical sequels to Toy Story that have reused the song. I know there yeah. was sequels to Poke Hunters, but they were so Michael Eisner's passion project. Yeah, um, I think I think the thing with the song for Poke Hunters is that it's it's like most Disney songs in like those kind of classic animated yes. musicals that it's very much about the the word the, the lyrics are very much about the narrative. I think it is kind of there is a lot of like figurative stuff going on in the song lyrically, but. I think whereas you've got Freddie and me, it's kind of although it's thematically very well linked to the film. It's not directly about the film, so it stands no, alone or no. as a song by itself. Well, I guess it's not a musical. Most Disney films are musicals. They are, you know, there's multiple songs. Yes, there's usually a big one that lasts, but uh, most Disney films are musicals, and that does very well for them because they release, they earn a lot more money. I mean, look at Frozen. You can see Frozen Two. They, they you could see them building up to another Idina Menzel song that would, you know top the charts, we have kids singing constantly it works for them, that's what they want another sort of modality to smash basically over this, you know you have film, you have music Yeah, the weird thing, uh, we'll probably talk about this in a future podcast the weird thing about the first Frozen film is Lay Go wasn't written for Frozen oh really? No, it was a song that someone at Disney had written saying one day this is going to be a really popular song we need to find a film for it Okay. that's kind of why when you watch Frozen that song almost comes out of nowhere it's sort of like the film yeah, stops well, yeah. and then suddenly it's like a, almost like a music video and then it, the film restarts. Well, yeah. Yeah. I guess they must have added the cold never bothered me anyway at the end <laughs> to link it to Frozen. Yeah, 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 yeah. I kind of see what you mean though because like, there's no, unlike most Disney songs like the Pope One in Pocahontas, there's no direct reference to the the story or anything in, in Lego, is there? It's kind of just more like this is how I'm, this is the it's feeling. It's a passion feeling. Yeah, it's not like um, do you want to build a snowman or love is an open door or <laughs> whatever. Very concrete. And as well, like a lot of the songs are generally worked into the story. They're like, for instance, Love is an Open Door. There's like yes. actual like dialogue in it, whereas there isn't in yeah. Let It Go. But I guess you've got Idina Menzel, you're going to use a voice. Well, yeah. You'd, you're absolutely going to use a voice. Or is it Adele Dazeem? Yeah. It's a silence. It's definitely Adele Dazeem. <laughs> the wave of computer animation for the next, well, I mean, it's still going now. Even Disney originals are computer animated now. I don't know yeah. the last sort of hand-drawn Disney film. Uh, ooh, Princess and the Frog, the... maybe? Princess and the Frog was one I was thinking of. Has um, been one since then? They've just taken to remaking them live well, no, action. Like, yes, I mean, <laughs> Tangled, Wreck-It Ralph, Moana, Frozen, they're all computer animated. They're definitely computer animated. Yeah. So, and this feels like a really good pub question. And they're all, they're all Disney films, they're not Pixar films. It's a lot harder to differentiate between the two, whereas I think throughout the noughties, it was very obvious what was a Disney film. Like, what was it, Home on the Range? Things like this, which was crap. <laughs> Brother Bear. Brother Bear? Tarzan. Brother Bear. Yeah. The Phil Collins films, as I like to call them. Well, Bolt was before Princess and the Frog, and that was definitely computer animated. Yeah, but it was not... Yeah, it was, sorry, it was just that general... It, that was more of a, a general... Pixar were absolutely smashing it, you know, Finding Nemo, yeah. Wally. Up. A Bug's Life. But, well, no, Bug's Life was, I guess, earlier, but in the noughties. And then, whereas Disney, I think, started to collapse. And I don't think it was until Tangled that they actually started to pick back up again and actually make sort of bankable, well-liked films again. Mm. Yeah, it seemed like every single Pixar, you knew every Pixar film would be great, but every other Disney film was like, not sure. Yeah. I remember Tangled was very well-received, wasn't it? Everyone was like, yeah. oh, Tangled was great. Yeah, Tangled I think Princess is the Frog is well-received. Princess and the Frog is quite good, actually. It's quite odd, and like set in like the twenties or something, like yeah, in New I think Orleans. The, 
let's call it the second renaissance of Disney animated films came along at the same time as Bob Iger became CEO and I think he decided that okay we're not yeah. gonna, we're not churning these out anymore yeah. we're doing tentpole animation films mm-hmm. yeah. I think Frozen was the first example of where from start to finish it was all under him I think yeah okay. I think yeah. Tell. I think as well like before they weren't actually churned out at the level that people maybe think because there was what they tended to do was they'd do a film say like if we talk about the ones from like the 1940s and 50s like say like Sleeping Beauty or even Snow White in like the 30s and things like that they used they, they released them originally and then they would just re-release them every 10 years yes. in the cinema until, until and then obviously when home video came came along they re-released them all on home video and opened that Disney yep. vault the Disney vault yeah and I think that they just kind of just constant. So they've got this like they're just constantly recycling material. But then obviously in the nineties they did do a few like Aladdin, Lion King. But they um, actually properly recycled some. Like Robin Hood, most of the scenes, or rather not most of the scenes, a lot of the scenes are just Jungle Book, just coloured over. Yeah, they're yeah painted over. <laughs> I did not. Know that. Yeah, you could if you yeah, watch what's like the background. Like Blue's dancing, for example, is Blue is fried fried Oh, it's Sorry. Yeah. So yeah, you, if you watch it, it's on YouTube. It's quite funny. But yeah, I think it's that thing. I often think. Personally, Toy Story 3, as a film, I enjoy more than Toy Story 1. However, if I was asked, like, what is better, because of the significance of Toy Story as being the first CGI animated film, I have to say that is more that is more important, it, it is better, because it launched a new wave of film. It holds that cultural significance as well, doesn't it? Yes. Like, I think, when it could, when it could first possibly be added to the National Film Registry, it, it was immediately added because of its cultural significance, yeah. significance for its aesthetics, so... Yeah, just for that reason, you would have to say it was probably better. And personally, I think I think story wise, it, it's better. Okay. I think thematically, it's better. I think it's just I just think it's better. <laughs> I think yes. it's the best one. Yeah. I think the first one's the best film. Yeah. It's yeah. the best all round film, which is actually a bit of a miracle. Bearing in mind how much production he went through and the fact it was a medium that essentially had never been done on the big screen. Yeah. I know there was TV shows. I think reboot had beat it to the punch of being a full, fully animated television show. Oh really. No, it's just I know I know like they obviously mastered it so well because I think they showed some of the footage to Tom Hanks. I think they dubbed some of his voices from like another film, and that actually sold him on it. I know Tim Allen is wasn't as big of a star as Tom Hanks, or maybe they were at but the I time. But he was then, in the nineties. Yeah, the Santa Claus was it, and uh, Home Improvement. Home Improvement. Yeah. Oh, Home Improvement, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Massive. So yeah. Yeah. I think he isn't now. Yeah, <laughs> now he's he just buzzed. <laughs> yeah. And now he does Home Improvement again. How does he? Is that bad? They uh, they bottled magic, I guess, didn't they? So the song was so well received, generally, I would say, that in Toy Story 2, it actually becomes part of the Toy Story universe. They got Tom Hanks to sing it, and it was part of Woody's Roundup. Oh, really? I oh, yeah, of course. Do yeah, not remember Yeah, no, he's, he's playing it with a guitar, so, isn't he? There's a puppet. Yeah, and his puppet, his hands I, I, just going I, up and down. I can see the visual scene, but yeah. I, I can't remember that. I assumed it was the song he's singing when I see that in my head is Wood, the song from Woody's Roundup. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, it's at the end, he sings it to yeah. the audience, to, yeah. to the children watching at home. It's weird that the song was that popular that they went, right, it's actually part of Toy Story's universe, whatever that yeah. world's called. But in the real world, it did not make any significant mark on the charts. Oh, really? At all. That is surprising considering how well it did at the box office and stuff. It didn't. Uh, the song itself didn't actually go platinum until two years ago. Wow. Do you think that's because... Well, obviously now, streaming. Yes. Streaming is what's taking it up. Yeah. I suppose back then, like, did it even guess? Did it get released as a single, like an actual physical yeah, single? Yeah, you could buy the physical CD, but it would have been at a time when, after a month, you won't find it anywhere. Yeah, you'd probably yeah. find it on like a Disney three-disc album. 
at the around the time of Christmas or something like that. And, and it was so competitive, but like you had to play it. It's not like now where you buy a subscription to Spotify yeah. and you can listen to as much. Like you had to buy a physical single for like three pounds or yeah. whatever it was. Yeah, people could only buy one a week. They're not going to buy the theme song to Toy Story necessarily. They're going to yeah. buy it Oasis <laughs> or Blur. I think similar to what we were saying earlier, though, like with some of you know you compared it to Pocahontas. I think kids, it was like, you know, oh, my character on screen that I love, you know, Jasmine, Ariel, Pocahontas, they're singing that song, I really like that, whereas it's Randy Newman, a kid's probably not going to care the song that Randy Newman sang. You know, it's not like, oh, it's my character that I really love singing that song and getting, like, a real connection to it, like yeah. kids often do. There's no, mummy, mummy, buy me the latest Randy Newman album. Yeah. <laughs> or the latest Randy Newman action figure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I think, that, I think that's a big difference. Yeah, the song's just not as prominent in the film, is it? No. I think it's it's gained prominence from being in all the films, but it's only at the beginning, and I think I think we remember it, but and I suppose like rewatching. It feels like a credit song, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah. like a montage, you can expect it saying like Tom Hanks, Tim Allen, like coming up, you know, and just like bubble writing as he's going as he's doing the montage. Uh, does anyone want to take a wild guess at the only place, uh, well, the only country, sorry, where it reached the top forty? How ridiculous are we talking? Oh, is it in Europe? Narrow it down. Is I'll it narrow Europe? it down further. I'm not talking about the main charts, I'm talking about the adult contemporary charts. <laughs> adult contemporary <laughs> charts. Okay, so we're pushing the bar. Venezuela. It's a good guess. It's uh, English-speaking country, English. for the most part. Oh, okay. Australia? No. Um, India? No. New Zealand? No. It was... Ireland. It was Canada. Okay. <laughs> Ireland is an island. <laughs> right. Hmm. Yeah, so, uh, so not in the US. <laughs> not in the US. Um, I think it, I can't remember. I didn't write it down, but it got to like 140 somewhere else. Which I was surprised that there was a country that was recording the charts that far up and publishing them in 1996. It really embodied that Canadian wholesomeness. Yes, they love what their songs are boot. <laughs> Classic callback. Thank you. So as as you were saying, Alex, the song does have well, it managed to get cultural significance at the time. Does it still have it now? Do you think, as in in twenty twenty? Well, I think I think the fact that you said that the Spotify or the the download sales or whatever it was yeah. is that an all time high in the last couple of years? That probably yes. <laughs> I don't know if that's yeah. just everything though. I don't know because that equally could be similar to oh, albums back story. in time. It could just be a Disney playlist and you just yeah. Come on it. No one's yeah. I mean, to be fair, I listen to that playlist often in the car, and it is one of the first songs on it. Yeah. That die in itself uh, speaks volumes. It's, it's difficult, really, with this one because I think the films still do have quite a big cultural significance yes at the moment and, and and probably will for a long time so do you think the song is almost right in the back of the film's significance do you think the song itself isn't like if it wasn't used in two three and four would it still be considered significant in comparison to the films um i think that's a difficult question yes. i think i think i think obviously the song it. on its own i don't i don't i mean it stands up more on its own than maybe like we said a, a song that is sung by a character in the film because it, it's more of an actual song in its own right but i think without the film it isn't it's almost not anything as well so it's, it's difficult i think the fact that it's in all four films really helps to keep it relevant yeah and as well like for if we say for instance like we went to cinema to see toy story 4 it was played at the beginning like oh you get feel like yeah, all, nostalgic, nostalgic for yeah, the first time yeah that warm time. fuzzy feeling <laughs> yeah that warm fuzzy feeling <laughs> um whether it's relevant to children i, I don't know yeah, I, well, I think know. that's that's the but, deciding factor i think it's knowing right is your it's your little cousin singing it, you know, as they're running around. It's that kind of... Yeah, if you started singing from a random place in one of the verses, do you think a child could pick up where you were and continue singing it? Or do you think they'd go, oh, I know the chorus? 
Because I think we could probably all sing the verse if we heard the music. It's quite a relaxing melodic That's song. That's not an invitation, though. though. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm tempted. I'm really holding back. The Randy Demon impression's coming out. Go on. I've really tried not to. <laughs> oh, we, all, we almost got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do it straight after this podcast finishes. I think it's a lot more sort of relaxed, like, melodic song, though, isn't it? Like, you're almost, like, hit, like tapping your knee to it as you, you know, like, your, your feet sort of going. <laughs> How old do you want to sound there, man? You're tapping, <laughs> tapping the leg. Driving I mean, home. Though, isn't it? it's, not like a, it's not like a booming, a bursting sort of power ballad. Like, you know, you can, yeah. you can imagine sort of like a, a six-year-old screaming as they're running around, like, Let it go! It's just very, you know, relaxed and soothing sort of song. It feels like you're being rocked. Yeah. And I, I, I don't think oh. that, that generally um, speaks to children. Well, I think because, like we already spoke about with the song, like it can be read on a few different levels depending yeah. on how much you want to look into it. And I think on a very simple level, it's, it's a very nice yes, sort of very. friendly message. If you ignore the sort of like possessive, creepy side to it that Woody is potentially, you know, clinging on to Andy, like clawing onto it, like, you've got a friend, please don't leave. <laughs> if you ignore all that and just see it for simply a song between friends, then I think then, you know, it can still resonate quite easily with yes. children. I think it probably does as well. I think like, if you're like listening to these Disney playlists or on them, on long car journeys and it comes on every time i'm sure that it you know it will mean something to them and as well the films are still going are there there was the fourth one this year yeah. they'll probably do another one at some point yeah there's definitely rumors they're doing another one yeah if, even if it is a spin-off well i'm just uh, just give up man <laughs> <laughs> so you've gone from toe tapping nodding your head along to the song in the space of five minutes yeah. you decided that's it you hit the song i've uh, i've rubbed off the andy mark on my shoe and throw the shoes away. I think that the undertone me, uh, meaning of the song is finally getting to Ben about the mortality and uh, that life isn't going to last forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'll yeah. get cast yeah. aside by Andy. Yeah. But Ben, don't worry, you've got friends. You've got friends in me and D. I, pre- I appreciate it. We'll walk into the long good night together. <laughs> yeah, that sounds, very, that sounds even more dark than before. <laughs> uh, so we've sort of come to the, the big question on this podcast, song or movie. So in this case, Toy Story 1 only. Ooh, I mean, movie. Yeah, it has to. It has to be the movie. I think you'd be hard pressed to find someone outside of Randy Newman that say otherwise. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I, but equally, I think, and this may be the problem, I think you could replace this song with something else, and I don't think the film would suffer at all. No, the film's that good. Yeah, I, I think, I think the song adds to the film, but I don't, I don't think the film would necessarily suffer without it. Yeah, yeah. but I think it does add something, and and I think the song can only. Oh, I don't know. I think it can work on its own, but it also it works better in context of the film. So yeah. if the song can't isn't as good separately, then I think maybe you got to say film. Don't know the song. Okay, uh, so we probably should wrap this podcast up pretty soon before Ben's existential crisis derails well the entire podcast and maybe the future of that song from that movie. We want to thank the listener for picking us today. I hope you enjoyed it, and you want to listen to us again next week. My name is Dietrich, and I've been your host, and I was joined by Alex. Somebody poisoned the water hole. And Ben? You stole the exact same thing I was going to say. Bye-bye. <laughs> Do you not have anything better than that? Come on, you can pull a quote out. Well, I, it was too late to think on the spot. So bye-bye. See you later. I'm causing this thing. This existential crisis really got to you, hasn't it? <laughs> right, goodbye, listener. Bye.
Hi, Toy Story 5. Why? <laughs> I hope you can hear that bit in the end. <laughs>